0: Levin, our numbers eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. By the way, when I did my uh, my show Sunday on Fox Life, Liberty and Levin, one of our great guests, Julie Kelly, writes for American Greatness, and she's done the best reporting, really fantastic reporting of what is happening to these people from January sixth. And she tweeted out that she's been getting. Input from more than one source that since we did that show last night, the authorities are really uh, taking their anger out on the so-called inmates, uh, tightening the screws. So I want to bring her on in uh, hour three of the program to find out exactly what's going on here because it's time uh, it's time for the lawyers for the defendants to really start stepping up here and to uh, and to get very aggressive in their representation of these uh, of these individuals, as far as I'm concerned. Man, there's a lot to get to, but that's why I'm here to get to a lot. Who is Abrar Omish? Abrar Omish? Just another daughter of a recent immigrant into the United States? That's all? No big deal, right? Well, she was elected to one of 3 countywide school board positions at Fairfax County. She's 24 years old. Um, she doesn't have any children in the system, not that that's a requirement, of course. I didn't have any children in the system when I was elected to my school board at the age of 19. But on the other hand, I'm not a racist. I'm not an anti-American hack. I'm not all the things that, in my view, she is. And she spoke at a high school graduation over the weekend, and uh, I want the whole country to hear this. Fairfax County School Board member, the Fairfax County School System, it's 1.1 million people, the biggest county in the state. And uh, it has an enormous impact on the electoral outcomes of this country, and it's changed enormously since I moved into Virginia 40 years ago. was a Republican county, now it is a dark blue Democrat county. It's got an enormous number of immigrants, which is fine in and of itself. But on the other hand, we're also inviting into this country a certain type of immigrant that hates the country. A certain type of immigrant that brings their hostile cultural um, experiences and brainwashing at a young age into the country. And this is becoming a huge problem. You can see it with Omar, you can see it with Talib, and they're not alone. And by the way, it's not exclusive to them, but it is becoming a significant issue, as far as I'm concerned. And we need to start talking about it, we need to stop playing games. And the Democrat Party keeps covering up for this movement within its party. And every time it's called on it, uh, they attack Republicans. Now, this isn't going to work. This is a huge problem. The fact that people who hate America, who make racist statements about people they don't know, who are anti-Semitic, have a home in the Democrat Party, is a disgrace. This Democrat Party has been a disgrace from the beginning. It's also very precious to see politicians in the Democrat Party talking about reparations and so forth when they proudly wear the the moniker of the Democrat Party, and proudly promote the Democrat Party, which is the party, if there should be reparations, that should pay reparations, since it supported slavery, segregation, and now supports flat-out racism, too. Our schools are being abused. Our children are being abused. The politics of the Marxist left is being brought into the classrooms. The politics of the Marxist left is being brought into the corporate boardrooms. And it's only we who can stop this. Or at least confront it. So here she is, all of 24. Now her father immigrated to the United States from Libya. From Libya. And he set up a... uh, a mosque in Northern Virginia, and I'll get to that more in a moment. But first, let's take a listen to what these kids heard. Cut 23, go.
2: What is our purpose? Can you internalize a level of gratitude for your immense blessings and the humility to understand that luck, that luck of the draw in our world has empowered you? Can you internalize a level of gratitude and humility that allows you to maintain focus in living up to your purpose? Our world is overwhelmed with need. We struggle with human greed, racism, extreme versions of individualism and capitalism, white supremacy, growing wealth gaps, disease, climate crisis, extreme poverty amidst luxury and waste right next door. And the list goes on. You all know this. Nuestro mundo no es justo. Cuál será su legado? Aalamuna mali'a por zulm. Mada sata kun basma. Ma hua As you take your next steps in life, you will face many distractions and influences that push you to sell your soul rather than to spend it. The world will try to convince you that your worth is tied to how much you make, how much you produce. Desperation might, and a desire to live a better life than the one you had might pressure you to subscribe to causes you don't even believe in and to devote your lives to them. The pursuit of fame, power, or comfort may lead you in directions you never saw yourself following. So I ask you, not just as high schoolers, not just as graduates, but as the justice, class of 2021, as a unique microcosm of our world that seeks to make more of themselves than the average, that holds themselves to a higher standard. What is your purpose? What kind of human being will you choose to shape yourself to be?
0: You know, I remember when commencement speeches, particularly in high school were positive events where students were encouraged, where the student body was talked about, where there were some examples in the student body that were highlighted, where you would talk about going on to college and what a wonderful future you have, and so forth and so on. Not this same pablum time and time and time again. Yahoo News, Daily Caller as well, Bradford Betts, A Fairfax County School Board member gave a fiery commencement speech last week in which she warned the graduating mostly minority high schoolers they're about to step into a capitalist world filled with racism, white supremacy, and the extreme versions of individualism. Obrar Amish, the school board's lone Muslim member, delivered the keynote address before graduation ceremony for Justice High School in Falls Church, Virginia. President of the student government introduced her, noting that she campaigned for presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. I told you he's a red, and that's the bottom line, and that her father, Isam Amish, was, quote, a leader and board member of the Dar al-Hiraj Islamic Center. Now, that's the namesake of a mosque attended by two 9-11 hijackers in 2001, and the radical Imam Anwar al-Aqlaric and Nadal Hassan, the 2009 Fort Hood shooter. Her speech quickly took off, as you heard, on racial and class-based overtones, while at one point acknowledging the school is sitting on a land stolen from a Native American tribe. Um, You know, there used to be comedy C-O-M-I-T-Y there used to be tradition there used to be understanding now people want to burn the country down now they're going into our high schools into our elementary schools into our middle schools with their propaganda with their agenda this is a diabolical and evil ideology Marxism She was arrested a few years back, and of course CARE represented her, C-A-I-R, the group with ties to Hamas and its founding that we've talked about many, many, many times, that it used to try and threaten and shut down broadcasters until I came behind a microphone and I said, i right, give it a try because we will have discovery and I'll find out exactly what you are, who you are, and I'll get my hands on everything. So even though we are seeing battles here and there against critical race theory activity that's taking place, this is so pernicious. This is so ubiquitous. We really have our work cut out for us. And it's going to have to involve more than attending school board meetings. Don't get me wrong. That is crucial. That is critical. And we'll talk about this more in the weeks ahead. We're paying for this. The people of Fairfax County, the taxpayers in Fairfax County are paying for this. They're paying for her salary, and they get one. They're paying for her platform. They're paying for the indoctrination of their children to hate their own country. And you notice the article said it's mostly a minority High school. Children are born in this country to immigrants or coming into this country as immigrants and they're being taught to hate our country. The fact that they or their parents escaped the cultures and the countries obviously from which they came to come to this country presumably for a better life means that we, the American citizen who's here have a right to expect allegiance to our country and support for the culture, the most diverse culture on the face of the earth, by the way. We cannot survive balkanized and tribalized like this where people bring their own cultural hate into this country and then intend to do what with it? Well, to conquer the other cultures. They don't want diversity. They want control they want compliance they want adherence this is a disgrace this school board member the fact that she was elected is a disgrace and the fact that the rest of the school board members won't do a damn thing about it because most if not all of them are democrats tells you all you need to know the democrat party is the is the sieve through which this is occurring Nationally, statewide, and on local school boards. The Teachers Union, as I've talked about now for a long time, the National Education Association, American Federation for Teachers, they don't have any allegiance to this country. I didn't say the teachers, I said the union. They don't have any allegiance to this country. They demonstrated it last year during the virus, and they demonstrate it now. And the fact that she campaigned for Bernie Sanders in a big way should tell you a lot, again, about the Democrat Party. Bernie Sanders has looked at it like, you know, he's an old, nice enough guy. He's a dangerous communist. That's what he is. He gets away with it. They all get away with it. They can say things and do things pretty much as they wish. Because we have a corrupt, corrupt media in this country. Not made up of journalists, but made up of like-minded leftists. Absolutely disgusting. And as I said, you'll hear examples here and there where there's a school board race, it's one, or this is done, or a teacher stands up. We're facing wave after wave, an ocean of this right now, an ocean of this. We've got to get our act together, and I feel we will. I think the people, I think our friends and neighbors are becoming wise to what's taking place. It's a good start. It's not enough, but it's a good start. We'll talk more. I'll be right back. Love Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto come what may. Learn more. Go to Levin for LevinforHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. This is from uh, Fox News. Omar retweets video by anti-Israel group investigated by FBI for possible terrorism ties. I'm starting to think we're creating a little jihadi movement here in the United States, quite frankly. Squad member Representative Ilhan Omar, Democrat, Minnesota, retweeted a video produced by an anti-Israel organization previously investigated by the FBI for possible terrorist ties. Really? On Tuesday, one day after she posted an now infamous tweet likening the U.S. and Israel to terror groups Hamas and Taliban, Omar retweeted a post including a video produced by the International Solidarity Movement, ISM. The video shared by Omar depicted a Palestinian child being carried off by Israeli police forces as an explosion is heard in the background. In 2010, ISM was deemed by the Anti-Defamation League, when it was a decent organization, not today under that Obama hack, as one of the top 10 anti-Israel organizations in the country. The FBI has also investigated ISM for possible links to terrorists, but FBI documents reported in 2020 by the Intercept did not detail any charges levied. ISM was also uh, goes on. Uh, what are we uh, creating here in this country? I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide, through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association dating back to 1844 commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, uh, a couple of years back, when uh, the governor of Arizona was picking somebody to replace John McCain, who obviously passed away, I had argued behind this microphone for Zooty Jasser. I argued for Zudi Jasser, who is a Muslim-American, a Navy vet, and a patriot. And I said then, we conservatives should be the first to embrace somebody like this and to promote somebody like this so we can have an effect on the culture, so we can have an effect on the future. But no, he picks McSally, who had just lost the race Already. And then lost again. I have nothing against her whatsoever. That's not my point. My point is we could have made a statement. There are conservative men and women who are Muslims. There are men and women who are Muslims who serve in the United States military, who serve on our police forces. Great, great patriots. The problem is they're being shouted down effectively by the promotion of these would-be jihadis or Marxist radicals. And this is a problem. The Republican Party is not strategic. Most of these governors are not strategic. Ducey picked McSally because Mitch McConnell wanted McSally. Why did he want McSally? She's vanilla, if you will. Again, nothing personal. And he figured that she would support his leadership wherever he would take it. Because that's how McConnell operates. But it's a mistake. We've got to get smarter about these things. These politicians who claim to represent us have got to get smarter about these things. I'm quite serious about this. It's like the black community. We do not embrace enough conservatives, outstanding men and women in the black community and promote them, or the Latino community, or whatever community. We've got to go into these various groups and show them that we're not Democrats, and show them that we're better than Democrats, and show them that we're for liberty and individualism and all the stuff that's being pushed by that That propagandist at that high school commencement speech and her ilk and care and so forth is destructive of every human being on the face of the earth and always has been. But we have our work cut out for us. Right here, Washington Times. Pentagon gets woke. Whistleblowers reveal segregation for privilege walks Critical race theory. Now, the thing about critical race theory is in some places where it's tried, it's called critical race theory. In other places, they don't call it critical race theory. They just do it. They just do it. So in Loudoun County, Virginia, they can say, we're not promoting critical race theory, even though they are, but they're doing it in different ways. Critical race theory. Senator, Senator Tom Cotton, Washington Times has revealed some of the hundreds of whistleblower complaints from service members who object to critical race theory indoctrination in the military including airmen being divided by race and sex into groups and privilege walks. Now ladies and gentlemen, this is this is Maoism. It's even worse than just plain Marxism. This is Maoism. The service members also spoke out against receiving reading lists of critical race theory books as part of the Pentagon's new anti-extremism and diversity training within the ranks. Too bad my book isn't circulated in the Pentagon, American Marxism. That might have an effect. This is about a very specific kind of anti-American indoctrination that is seeping into parts of our military cotton said in a recent hearing. And uh, he received complaints through a whistleblower site he launched in late May in partnership with Representative Dan Crenshaw. Now, Cotton, a former Army infantry officer, and Crenshaw, a former Navy SEAL lieutenant commander, created the site to to identify woke ideology within the military. Can you imagine? And they're doing this in the various services uh, schools, too. The service members' complaints add to the mounting pushback against woke culture that is quickly spreading through America's schools, workplaces, and government. These institutions increasingly adopt training and curriculum based on critical race theory, which holds that white people are inherently racist, invested in the oppression of people of color. And we're going to dig into this more deeply, as I said, when the book comes out. But this isn't the only area, critical race theory. There's many other things going on. It's a mosaic, and we're going to have to take our time. I can't do it in one three-hour show. I can't do it in one week. That's why I wrote the book. We're going to take our time, unravel it, and then put it back together again. You know, people give up an awful lot to serve in the United States military. They shouldn't have to give up their pride, their ancestry, and their heritage. And they shouldn't have to give up their love of country. But then it's this, Federal Reserve tells employees to avoid biased terms like founding fathers. I have a pile of this stuff. The Federal Reserve, (coughs) Fox News, the Federal Reserve has instructed employees to adopt, quote, bias-free language, unquote, and avoid using biased terms like founding fathers, according to an Internet Web page obtained by Fox News. The Federal Reserve's Board of Governors issued the guidance for all employees nationwide on April 29, a former Fed staffer with knowledge of the matter told Fox. Bias-free language recognizes diversity and avoids stereotyping, demeaning, or excluding people on the basis of gender, race, ethnic group, religion, age, ability, disability, or sexual orientation, the guidance states. Try to avoid words and phrases that may be considered offensive, pejorative, or prejudiced, whether consciously or unconsciously. As they can distract your audience from the ideas and information you're trying to convey, it continues. The guidance contains a list of biased terms to avoid, including blacklist, grandfathered, and founding father. Do you believe this? Employees are instructed to use terms like denied, legacy, and founders instead. The Fed also said terms like white-listed, manpower, man-made, and singular generic pronouns such as he, she, his, and hers should be replaced with more bias-free alternatives like allowed artificial and pronouns such as they, theirs, and their. Such speech codes are more frequently found on college campuses where they've caused controversy, though they become more common at governmental entities now. In a statement, a Federal Reserve spokesman said the Federal Reserve has no language directors for employees. Well, yes, you do. You were caught. You were caught. This from Fox News. UCLA host Black Lives Matter co-founder for a commencement keynote after she called for the end to Israel. I've got some thoughts on these colleges and universities that we'll discuss together and see what uh, tactics you and I are comfortable with taking again when American Marxism is released. I am chopping at the bit though because People are writing on these subjects, and I'm very, very happy that they are, but we're talking about them now almost three months in an integrated, rational, substantive way. The things I can't get into, I'm not allowed to, my hands are tied. People are jumping the gun, which is okay, but I want want us... Just stick with me. Let me put it that way. Just stick with me. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Colliers was set to deliver a virtual commencement address for UCLA's Luskin School of Public Affairs Despite scrutiny of her past critical remarks concerning Israel, the school's dean confirmed, Collier's called for an end to the Israeli state while participating in a 2015 panel at Harvard Law School. So an end to the Israeli state would mean a second holocaust. You would need to slaughter the Jews. Because they're the indigenous peoples there. So you'd have to literally slaughter the Jews, a second holocaust. That's what the Black Lives Matter co-founder is advancing. People wearing this name on their shirts. They might as well put swastikas on their shirts as far as I'm concerned. And I'm very serious about this. And it's about time everybody talk up here. It's, it's a pass. No more passes. She called for an end to the Israeli state. Which means what? It's like Talib. about pushing them into the, river, into, the, uh, into the Mediterranean Sea. People talking like this. It's unbelievable. Palestine is our generation South Africa, Collier said at the event. Now, how could it be our generation South Africa when the Jews are the indigenous peoples? And when it's a democracy that allows non-Jews to participate fully in the process? If we don't step up boldly and courageously to end the imperialist project that's called Israel, we're doomed, she says. Meanwhile, UCLA's decision to host Collier's as a commencement speaker, despite her (coughs) anti-Semitism, didn't seem to have enough concern, UCLA Luskin School of Public Affairs Dean Gary Segura defended the decision in a statement to the Jewish Journal. He said, respect for diversity of opinion on matters of public concern is a key tenet. Okay, he goes on. Diversity of opinion. Somebody wants to wipe you out, that's a diversity of opinion. At UCLA, it is. The last vestiges of the old Soviet Union, even worse, these colleges and universities. And again, we're paying for them, too. You think tuition is enough? As, as uh, outrageous as those uh, tuition bills are? It's the state taxpayer first who has to fund all this crap, and then the federal taxpayer has to come in behind with grants and so forth. And they're not responsive or accountable to anybody, anybody, UCLA. They specifically and purposely chose that woman. Specifically and purposely chose that woman. And in choosing a woman like this, they talk about we need openness, we need diversity. When that's not what she's for, she's a Marxist. Openness and diversity? Are you kidding me? Colleges and universities are the opposite of openness and diversity. They are the great police states of our time. Academic freedom is dead. Free speech is dead. Intellectual engagement is dead. I'll be right back. Much Lovin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide, through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to LevinForHillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I should tell you, folks, our little secret. In fact, let me pull it here. And I get emails, what's going on, what's going on? As of um, Sunday, American Marxism has sold pre-orders of 122,000 hardcovers and a total of, with Kindle and audio, 100, almost 140,000 pre-orders. The momentum is building and building and building. And what is today? It's a month away till its release, I believe. Right, Rich? July 13th. Just about a month. So those of you who've jumped in, I really think you're going to think it was worthwhile when you receive the book and you, take, you just take your time, work your way through it. We can do it together as well. Uh, and you will get a first edition and you will get it on the first day of release. It'll be at your doorstep. My neighbor and I is a good guy. We were talking about what's happening to the country. His son is going to a... University as a freshman. And I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to try and tell him what to expect and so forth. I said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I want to give you a copy of my book. As soon as it comes out, tell your son to read it. I think it will prepare him more than anything else for college. And I would say that to you, too. I really think it will. They'll be ready. They'll know what's coming. And they'll know how to address it. And uh, same with the rest of us. If you don't like to read, we've done an audio of this, this book. I read the first chapter. Um, Another individual read the other chapters. Why do I do that? Because I I don't honestly have asthma. I can only do the one chapter. So I do the first chapter, and it's priced accordingly. And the uh, other chapters are read uh, by another individual. So if you're a trucker or something like that, you really don't have the time or the uh, interest in reading it, you can always listen to it. But I would encourage people to read it because you can always go back and take a look at it. And uh, and really, it's it's almost forty percent off on Amazon now. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's been in the top five, one, two, three, four, five. It just sits there, which tells me you folks are you're motivated. You're motivated. And we will do the very best we can, won't we? Because we're not going to give up so easily, are we? And give up for what? Can you imagine what awaits us if we don't fight this? You know, folks, the secret is out. People are abandoning their... Oh! It's my beautiful wife. How are you, honey?
2: Better now that I'm with you.
0: Ah, That's a big smile on my face. Now, there's a lot more to get to here. Did you know... Adam Schiff is very upset that there may have been an investigation to determine if he was leaking intelligence information. And so Nancy Pelosi thinks that this is evidence that the Justice Department was targeting Republicans. Now, as I recall, Adam Schiff was gathering phone numbers of Republican members of Congress, including Devin Nunes. I don't remember all the others, but I remember Nunes. He was on my program, and we talked about it. And not only was he gathering their phone numbers, going around everybody's back, but he released them. Because he wanted to know if certain members of his committee were leaking. Nancy Pelosi didn't have a problem with that. Why? To be honest with you, she's an a-hole, that's why. May I say that with all due respect? I think I will. And notice that's non-gender. Last time I checked, uh, I know she's a birthing woman, but nonetheless, excuse me, birthing person. But that's non-gender. And so there, I used it. Send me off to the re-education camps. So Adam Schiff, and then you have this guy Swalwell. Now, who would think Swalwell would leak intelligence information? Just because he slept with a communist Chinese spy, why would he leak intelligence information? That jackass, he's the one who ought to be in prison, solitary confinement, if we had justice in this country, rather than these Obama-hack judges. He should be, if not solitary confinement... I better not say what I wanted to say. You know how prisons can get? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, All right, I better stop while I'm ahead. More to say. I'll be right back.
1: He's here. He's here
0: There's another big story out there, broken by Charlie Gasparino, and he will be here in about 10 minutes. And it's not, it's just uh, unbelievable. Biden's pick to chair the Securities and Exchange Commission has released details of his regulatory reform efforts. And it's all politics all the time, all radicalism all the time. And since Charlie broke the story, I'll wait for Charlie to tell us in about, well, after the next break. But it's very worth listening. I heard him talk about it briefly. I said, we've got to nationalize this. We've got to make America aware of what's going on here. Now, before the break, I talked about Adam Schiff. There's a great piece in bizpackreview.com, another great website. Teresa Monroe Hamilton reports that the Department of Justice, under the Trump administration, secretly subpoenaed information on former White House counsel Don McGahn and Democrat Rep. Adam Schiff, who was leaked to the New York Times, of course, seemed to be falling apart as no real spying allegedly took place. The story was written by Michael Schmidt, he's a hack, Charlie Savage, a hack reported, quote, that the DOJ secretly subpoenaed Apple for personal information on McGahn and his wife in February 18, and then barred Apple from telling them about the reported move during that time period under a nondisclosure agreement. But the devil appears to be in the details here, and this may not be the breaking story the media are apparently running with. Schmidt tweeted, quote, new DOJ secretly subpoenaed Apple for personal info of Trump's then White House counsel, Don McGahn and his wife, in February 18. DOJ barred Apple from telling them at the time, but three years later, May 21, Apple told them it's unclear what investigation it was related to. A clarifying and interesting tweet was then issued by Savage, the co-author. Quote, Apple recently told Don McGahn, Trump's former White House counsel, that the Justice Department had secretly collected data about his account via February 2018 subpoena. Caution, you can't conclude from this fact that McGahn was intentionally targeted. It began was not intentionally targeted, and then the whole story is evidently not what was purported to be. You understand, folks? That is, they're investigating a leak, and there's a whole bunch of people that they're looking into. Are they not supposed to investigate a leak? Apparently, that's the case, particularly if it if it benefits the Democrats and hurts the country. The accusations do not go into detail about the DOJ's investigation. It's unknown what federal investigators were looking into or even if McGahn himself was their primary focus, or whether it was someone he had contact with. Apple reportedly did not inform McGahn what they had turned over to DOJ. The report did state that Apple received the McGahn subpoena weeks after another subpoena was issued that was connected to leaks and the Russia probe. The subpoena involves records belonging to California Democratic Representatives Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell. Again, the subpoenas were ostensibly an attempt to identify individuals who leaked classified national security information during Trump administration, and we're not specifically targeting Schiff. So they're throwing a wide net. They're trying to find out who's leaking this stuff. And it includes, I guess, from the story, they're looking at Schiff and Swalwell and McGahn for other matters and some media outlets. Well, how else do you conduct a leak investigation, America? Also of significance is the fact that Schiff has previously argued that Congress can secretly subpoena citizen phone records. It's gonna be something astronomically dumb like FBI investigating a staffer who had phoned some congressman <coughs> excuse me. And FBI asked Apple for subscriber info for all the numbers he called. Now the point here is what I kinda of alluded to earlier, when Schiff was caught red handed, wasn't caught, he bragged about tracking down the phone records of a number of his colleagues, including Devin Nunes, the ranking Republican, and put them in a report that got public. And it wasn't just Nunes. I just can't recall the other members. He defended it. He said, I can do that. Congress has the independent authority to do that. Law professor Owen Kerr shed some light on the issue. He said reporters looking into the Schiff-McGann investigations should be making sure that when they report about subpoenas, they actually mean subpoenas and not uh, certain code orders, like 2703 orders, which are served like subpoenas. The latter are a lot more invasive than the former. He said if DOJ only got a subpoena for X, that plausibly means someone else was the suspect, revealing contacts with X. What he's saying there, to make it nice and simple, is... You can subpoena all kinds of records and individuals and so forth and so on. That doesn't mean you're targeting a particular individual. So I have a different question for the New York Times. Did they ask Adam Schiff if he's a leaker? If he's ever leaked any information, including classified information? We know what Swallow is. He's a whore. We know that, as a matter of fact. And uh, with the enemy... So do you think he's a possible leaker, ladies and gentlemen? And if there are national security leaks taking place, should the FBI not do anything? So the Democrats are once again projecting. The Democrats believe in tyranny. This is what they do. This is what they've done with the Internal Revenue Service. What am I talking about? Well, you remember how all of a sudden all the Tea Party groups are under attack. Obama didn't know anything. Biden didn't know anything. The Democrats didn't know anything. The commissioner of the IRS didn't know anything. Lois Lerner didn't know anything. Nobody knew anything. Just a, you know, just a mistake. Just a computer glitch. Whatever. Would that be the same IRS that leaked some of Donald Trump's tax records to the New York Times? The one that just leaked tax records of thousands of individuals, including several billionaires, to a left-wing kook site? ProPublica. Now we have a politicized internal revenue service that is being used internally to harm conservatives, to harm Republicans, and to advance the Biden agenda. That's why they leaked information on Bezos and the other bozos in there. That's why they did it. Well, you know, this demonstrates Bezos, Buffett, Gates, they're saying they didn't pay income taxes or they didn't pay enough so they leaked the information to try and put pressure on perfectly timed and of course ProPublica is in on it what they don't tell you is most of these people pay capital gains taxes not so much income taxes they pay that too, some of them but that was irrelevant that wasn't the point of the story And so what we have here is a corrupt media, corrupt bureaucrats, a corrupt Democrat party. Another iron triangle, if you will, that is being hung around our necks. Now, I I didn't hear Nancy, Eva, Pelosi concerned about the IRS leaks. Did you folks? The media certainly weren't concerned about the IRS leaks. Were they folks? No. No. Any more than they were concerned about Devin Nunes' phone phone, uh, contacts being leaked. They thought that was a great idea. So these are not people who believe in civil liberties, limited government, or anything of this sort. They believe in outcomes. Outcomes, like good little Marxists. The ends justify the means. It's that simple. They don't have a problem with people in prison in uh, <clears throat> solitary confinement under horrible conditions if it's from January 6th but if those people who with Black Lives Matter in Antifa which they'll never be then that's white supremacy you see I'll be right back love in. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVIN Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code LEVIN Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. It's a pleasure to have Charlie Gasparino, Senior Correspondent, Fox. Charlie, I don't know that we've ever spoken. If we did, it was a long time ago. How are you?
3: It's a huge honor and pleasure, Mark. Uh, We did speak. You had me on for a book I wrote back in 2003 when I was uh, at Newsweek Magazine, believe it
0: or not. Oh, my God. Well, let me say this. It's a real pleasure. You're a real serious reporter, and you do your work. And You broke a story today that caught my ear. And I'd like you to explain who is Gary Gensler and what is he doing.
3: Gary Gensler is a longtime fixture on Wall Street, <clears throat> essentially the revolving door between Wall Street and Washington. In uh, the sort of, he worked at Goldman Sachs, he worked in the Obama administration, he worked in the, in, I think he worked in the Clinton administration. So he's been going back and forth. He's he's pretty rich. He's, he was a partner at Goldman Sachs. Now he's the head of Wall Street's top cop, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, And he's doing something really interesting now. Over the years, Gary Gensler has morphed from sort of a Clinton Democrat into, I guess the best way to put it is an Elizabeth Warren Democrat. He's extremely woke, extremely progressive, and he has some extreme ideas of how he wants corporate America to act. He wants corporate America to adopt extreme woke policies. He wants essentially every company to envir- embrace environmental standards he wants every company to have quote unquote diverse boards and diverse workforces and he and he wants to use government as the lever to do that and he's doing that right now at the securities and exchange commission because the securities exchange commission has enormous power over corporate america it basically can mandate uh, what they do and how they do it, and it could do that through a lot of different levers, um, enforcement actions. In this case, what he's doing is uh, he's proposing rules, and those rules will be passed by the Securities Exchange Commission, which is majority Democrat now. So he's going to ram them through without any, without any Republican voice. And these are rules that essentially force companies to be more woke in certain areas in inter- in terms of environmental issues in terms of board diversity they will have to disclose those that their diversity how what they're doing for the environment and when they do that obviously it's going to be uh... an object where the mainstream media is going to weigh in and say oh look at this company company x is not as woke as company y they're not doing as much here they're not doing as much there uh... And I guess the bottom line is this: Listen, you may believe in these policies if you're liberal, if you're a free market capitalist like me. I care about the bottom line, to be honest with you. But if and if you're a shareholder, you really should be caring about the bottom line. These are not bottom line issues, Mm-mm. and they exceed the SEC's mandate. If you read the SEC's mandate, which is to make the market safe for investors to make sure companies disclose stuff that investors care about for to, to to weigh whether they should invest in a stock or not. I mean, this is politicizing companies and corporate disclosure to a level that we've never seen before. And he, he, he's doing it. He proposed these rules, and they will pass. Like Biden is pushing through all this stuff he's pushing through, through Congress with a 51 vote, with Kamala Harris breaking the tiebreaker, he will pass this <clears throat> based on him being the tiebreaker at the Securities and Exchange
0: Commission. Now, now, here's the thing, Charlie. If he doesn't have the statutory authority, or at least he can be challenged, that's great, but most of these companies are too gutless yes. to challenge anything and anyone. And I'm very, very concerned about this, because you're right. Because I, even way back in law school, studied why do we have a security, Securities and Exchange Commission. It has nothing to do with this. It's to ensure that when people invest, they're not getting ripped off. It's to have some... Uh, rules for the market, um, you know, way back when people were selling fake stock notes and all kinds of stuff right. going on. And they're supposed to oversee this sort of thing. And you, you talk about Joe Kennedy Sr., um, didn't he even head the SEC, didn't even, didn't FDR even drag him back from Britain and give him that job because he was so, he was I think, first, whatever it was, doesn't he matter. He
3: was the first SEC commissioner, he was, uh, chairman, I should say. He yeah, was the well, the first
0: one. Uh, talk about, uh, anyway, so, uh, To have a guy like this come in here like he's some kind of dictator and tell all these boards and uh, and all these corporations how they're to conduct themselves, which has absolutely nothing to do with the bottom line, is pushing the hard left agenda. I just think we're crossing lines all over the place in this government now. Uh, This guy, and he does it at record speed. I mean, they've only been there a few months, right?
3: Yeah. And, you know, yes, you're, you're right about that. And he'll get some pushback from Republicans. Uh, Pat Toomey will, has, has notified him. He thinks this is, you know, outside the, the, the boundaries of what the SEC is supposed to do. He's the uh, senator from, from Pennsylvania. Um, if the Republicans take the Senate, there's a good chance they can stop a lot of this. And essentially, this the Senate Banking Commission is the oversight provides oversight over the Securities and Exchange Commission. They could, I mean, they could they could really make his life miserable for him. So he's got a window here. If you think the Republicans are going to take the Senate back in in, in 2022. Um, you know, he's he has obviously, you know, uh, what, this year and, and next year to do this. And my, my guess is he'll try to push it through in those terms. But he, he, what's scary about this from my standpoint, I'm just a simple country business reporter. You know, I cover this stuff. Yeah. I do read a lot about wokeness and, and parents being freaked out that, you know, school board, boards are, are embracing uh, you know, critical race theory. Um, it, this sort of left-wing progressive agenda is, is infecting just about every part of our life, including like dollars and cents uh, that used to be, you know, people used to cover business and thinking, oh, well, I don't have to deal with politics because it's it's about, you know, money and, you know, people, it's about, about the bottom line. Now we've gone to, to the point where political left-wing agenda is, is infiltrating every part of our life, including such mundane things like Board diversity, listen, I, who's not in for board diversity? We're all for that, right? I mean mm. you, you know you obviously what do you care you You want uh, obviously the best people <laughs> at that point not and that should be the, the onus, not board diversity. It's the best people, and you know if it's diverse, so be it.
0: you know uh, just to give you a heads up, Charlie, <laughs> in about a month or five weeks, it's going to get more political than you think in these boardrooms because I'm going to push an agenda myself. I'm sick and tired as a conservative, really, as a free market capitalist, where people come in like they did, I forget which, with Exxon, you know, with $50 million, and they buy some shares, and all of a sudden they get some seats on the board and so forth. People like me and tens of millions, we don't have to be spectators to this. We don't have to be observers. We need to be participants. So keep your eyes wide open and your ears wide open, because... There are movements that I intend, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to BS you, I'm being honest with you. Yep. There's there's things that I'm going to push really, really hard, and uh, we're not going to oh, sit man. on our asses and just take this anymore.
3: Listen, remember what you're going up against. So let me, I did a lot of reporting on the Exxon business. How did this tiny activist investor get two board, three board seats? These, these guys came out of nowhere. Engine number one, they're named after some... Um, firehouse in San Francisco, of course, right? So, mm. how did they? And they're an environmental activist group where they want companies to embrace environmental activism. How do they get on? They got on because BlackRock, the biggest money management firm in the world, nine trillion dollars on the management, put them there because Larry Fink is very progressive. He runs BlackRock. A w- bunch of his of his executives are working for the Biden administration. Brian Deese, who was the head. Of environmental investing at BlackRock is now Joe Biden's head of the National uh, Economic Council, and you can—they're—they're they're all over the place in the Biden administration. So remember the the, no, the money that's out there, that's going woke, is pretty insane. It's pretty powerful.
0: All right. Well, we'll see if we can—we can make some uh, difference here, Charlie. I want to have you back more often. You break some Anytime great time. stories. We really appreciate it. Anytime, Mark. Thank you. All right. God bless. Take care of yourself. That gives you a little taste when it comes to corporations, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? I'm not going to ignore them either. We're not. I'll be right back. So the biggest hedge fund in the world, Charlie Gasparino just told us, $9 trillion is run by a leftist. You heard him, right, Mr. Producer? run by a leftist. You see, George Soros, a multi-billionaire, what he does in terms of prosecutors and so forth, with these uh, billionaires who are trying to take down our country. We need to know their names. We need to know what they do. We need to put pressure on them. <clears throat> Excuse me. In other words, folks, what we're going to talk about is going on offense. Ideas I have and ideas you may have, but we're going to go on offense. It's one thing for me to get behind this microphone and discuss what they're doing to us and what they're doing to our country. I want to get behind this microphone and talk about what we're doing. And we have some real brave hearts out there. You've seen them in various school districts, parents and so forth. But as you see, this is a very daunting task. It's now cutting across the entire society and culture. First thing is information. First thing is knowledge. First thing is to counter the propaganda they're giving our kids. I'm getting away, but you you understand the point. That certainly is one of the major reasons for American Marxism. If you're sending your kid off to college this year, first year, second year, third or fourth, whatever it is, I would encourage you to have that kid read the book. Strongly. And then, if we make this book a household name, I will come under attack. I got it. I'll deal with it. Then so be it. So be it. Let them argue about what's in the book. Let them argue what's on our terms. Let them go on defense. That's the way I see it. Now, just to show you what a disaster Joe Biden is. First of all, the press is not going to criticize Joe Biden. No matter what. Under any circumstances. So they're going to let him ride through this presidency. Ride quietly through his presidency, if not celebrate it, no matter what. No matter what. The international organizations think Joe Biden walks on water. The European heads of government love Joe Biden. In other words, when he says America's back, as Joe Biden likes to say in his stupid usual way, He doesn't mean America's back. He means America selling out is back. Because Donald Trump had America first. And by the way, America first didn't mean we wouldn't have alliances and strong alliances. It didn't mean we we wouldn't work with international institutions. It meant we wouldn't surrender to them. That they weren't our number one priority. That the process wasn't the number one priority, what's in the best interest of America? Americans the number one priority, but not for Joe Biden, not for the Democrats, not for the media. And by the way, happy 75th birthday, Mr. President, President Donald Trump, happy 75th birthday. We miss you, badly. But here's a perfect example. So far, he's undone almost all of the sanctions President Trump put in place against Putin, The biggest one is the pipeline. So now, Russia will have billions and billions of dollars coming in from Germany to fund its war machine and to prop up its government. Joe Biden did that in one act. One act. Joe Biden is selling us out to the communist Chinese. How? While they're massively increasing their military and military spending, he's flatlining our military. Incredible. Joe Biden has sold out to the Mexican drug cartels and the kidnappers by opening our borders the way that he has. And you go down the list, and Joe Biden is selling out to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran. Right here, Wall Street Journal, U.S. lifts sanctions on more than a dozen former Iranian officials and energy firms. So he's giving in to all these demands from the Islamo-Nazi regime, by the way, which is sending its navy into the Atlantic Ocean off of our east coast now, without any confrontation at all. Now we have some meatheads uh, who, uh, who think Putin's all swell and good and that Iran doesn't mean trouble, we're instigating with Iran. Ignore the meatheads. Enemies are enemies. Reagan was right, peace through strength. But here we have Biden selling out to the Iranians. Biden selling out to Putin while he talks tough. He means nothing. Biden selling out to China by not sufficiently funding the United States military. It's awful. Lifting sanctions on more than a dozen former Iranian officials and energy firms. And what have we gotten in exchange? Nothing. Death to America. That's what we always get in exchange. Death to America. You know, I have clip after clip here, and I don't want to depress you, of Nancy Pelosi thanking Ilhan Omar for clarifying her statement when she equated the United States to Hamas and the Taliban. She wants to thank them. We have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who's a nobody, absolute stupid nobody, um, saying that right-wing media took Ilhan Omar's comments out of context. Hey, uh, birthing person, why don't you come on my program and debate this? Would you reach out to the birthing person again, Mr. Producer? Yes. Then we have somebody called Mehdi Hassan, a host on MSNBC. Ilian Omar didn't equate Hamas and Israel, enumerates America's war crimes. This is what we're getting now. And, of course, Comcast owns MSNBC and NBC. These corporatists don't give a damn about this country. They could care less. Then we have this idiot who lives in a massive mansion in Purchase, New York. How do I know? (coughs) Because she's in magazines. Sonny Hostin on The View today. Poor Representative Omar, quite height of hypocrisy for Republicans to try and censure a woman of color. Why? Are we not allowed to censure a woman of color? Why? Well, you can't do that. Well, I want to do that. What's the problem? Anyway, the insanity that goes on on television. Insanity. MSNBC, CNN. You can see this View program. Does the View of ratings, Mr. Verdun? Who the hell's watching this show? I mean, you, you have to be... Really low IQ and mentally unstable to watch these low IQ, mentally unstable hosts, I think. But that's just me. Unbelievable. Let's take a call or two, Mr. Producer. To whom shall I speak? Yeah. The great WJNO, Palm Beach, Florida, Jim, who has a lot more smarts than I, because he's in Palm Beach, Florida right now, and I'm not. How are you, sir? (laughs)
4: I'm very well, sir. Thank you for taking my call from a former liberal Democrat.
0: Reform. You got it. You got
4: it. Um, your previous caller was kind of, uh... God, the word just went out of my mouth, because I'm... You must mean guest. But, um...
0: Excuse me? You must mean guest.
4: D- guest, yes. Um, in that... You know, we've heard from everyone how, uh, 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 people are not up to their level, and we have to give them all passes, according to Woke. But now they want them on all of these corporate boards, according to the previous guest. Um, so what are they looking for, these corporate uh, corporations to fail, because we want uneducated people to be on the boards?
0: I guess this uh, what they're talking about is not really diversity. What they're talking about are quotas. And they're not really talking about racial quotas. They're talking about racial quotas for Marxists, hardcore leftists. They're not saying, let's have black people on, brown people on, yellow people on, red people on. What they're saying is, and what this, uh, uh, this group did with Exxon, is they put three radical leftist minorities on the board. So it's not even diversity. Diversity. It is, let us put people on the board of a corporation that have as their purpose to destroy the corporation. It is endless insanity. But when you understand what's behind it, again, this Marxism idea, uh, it makes plenty of sense. And, uh, you know, you got a guy who's running a $9 trillion hedge fund. The world could blow up tomorrow. He's going to be just fine. It won't matter. The world could blow up tomorrow. Soros is going to be just fine. In fact, to look for more opportunities to make money. These are ambulance-chasing, uh, you know, belly-crawling balls. And uh, all hedge fund uh, investors aren't the same, but they're not really producing anything. I mean, they're, they're providing capital, they're making decisions like that, and I'm not attacking them as a group. But it's not like they're, they're making, uh, you know, uh, vaccines, or they're making uh, new inventions or products. or something. They'll say they're funding them, well, maybe they are, maybe they're not. All right, Jim, thanks for your call. Let's continue. Pamela, Baxter, Tennessee, the great KNZZ, how are you?
5: I'm fine, Mark. No, actually, I'm in Carmel, California. My brother uh, lived in uh, Baxter, Tennessee, in right. the hills of uh, Tennessee.
0: Okay, sorry and about that.
5: he and I... I love your show, but I have a, even more of a reason to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Is My brother loved your show, and he would, we would, te- he passed away last July. Oh, Jesus. He, he would text me, um, Mar- uh, Levin on fire tonight. Mm-hmm. And because there's a two hour difference, <laughs> I'd be listening to you, and he's already listened to you. But um, it, it,
0: it I I'm sorry. I'm sorry him. for his passing, and that's very, very sweet. that you guys did that he
5: was very dear to me Mm -hmm. but this is the special memory that whenever i listen to you i'm always going to have i took care of him in 2018 when he had his hips replaced and i went to baxter and um no he has no he had no internet and no television but he had his radio and we listened to your show along with some of his other conservative uh, favorite shows, but yours at night, and it was like we were kids again. You know, no TV. It was a it was in August, hot summer nights, and um, we would just have the lights off and just listen to your show, and we'd comment and laugh, and he'd yell and I would yell.
0: Isn't that we cool?
5: Loved listening to you, and I when I listen to you now, I will always think about my brother Robert Meyer.
0: Well, you're, you're a sweetheart, and I really appreciate that very, very much, and I'm sorry he's not with us anymore, but you have those great memories, and you know what? That's, that reminds me of some of my own radio memories when I was a kid growing up, and Pamela, God bless you, and you take care of yourself. Thank you. What a beautiful call. I'll be right back.
1: Much Lovin'.
0: Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin podcast again. PureTalkUSA.com promo code Levin L-E-V-I-N podcast. And when you do, you'll save fifty percent off your first month. That's PureTalkUSA.com promo code Levin podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. We're going to be talking to uh, Julie Kelly, who is a fantastic reporter. She deserves a Pulitzer Prize, as I said on Fox last night, for a reporting on what's going on in this, this jail. This jail that was opened to house people from January 6th. And that includes people who were not in the building. And um, what's been going on there. And so I did a full hour on what's, what we could discern. Uh, with Senator Johnson and Julie Kelly, as you know, on Sunday. And uh, there seems to be, and I want to make sure I'm not overstating this, I want to know that there's been a reaction at the jail, right, Mr. Producer? That they're punishing the people in the jail with stricter and harsher treatment as a result of that show. Now, I want to know if that's the case, and if it's the case, I want to know why their lawyers aren't jumping up and down with one emergency motion after another. I know I would be. So we have that and a lot more. So I hope you'll stick with us. I shall return. You know, this guy Merrick Garland, no wonder the Democrats desperately wanted him on the United States Supreme Court. He's not a moderate. He's not thoughtful. He's not reasonable. He's another one of them. Them. Radical. I want you to know what he's doing. We have the head of the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department, who is a flat out, her name is Clark, as I recall flat-out racist. She said and written some of the most unbelievable stuff. I think Susan Collins voted for her confirmation too, but nonetheless, there she is. And having secured that position at the request of Biden and this Attorney General, what's happening now? According to Yahoo News John Ward, Attorney General Merrick Garland said that the Department of Justice will dramatically increase its focus on preventing voter suppression. Now, you have to understand something. Voter suppression for the Democrat Party means what? means state legislatures having rational voting systems in place. Not anarchy. So he's going to increase its focus on preventing voter suppression by doubling the number of lawyers in the Civil Rights Division... In response to a rash of lawsuits, or excuse me, laws that have been made, made it harder to vote in many states. Now you have to understand how lousy the media are. Made it harder to vote in many states. So if I want to leave Virginia and vote in say Maryland, and they say you can't because I'm not a citizen of Maryland, you see, Maryland has just made it harder for me to vote in Maryland, Mr. Producer. You understand? It's just disgusting. Our media have really killed this country. We will use all existing provisions to ensure that we protect every qualified American seeking to participate in our democracy, Garland said in one of his Castro-like speeches. Garland compared his action to that taken by former Attorney General Robert Kennedy, who said the Justice Department needed a lot more lawyers to combat laws. This has nothing to do with what Robert Kennedy had to do during segregation. This is so outrageously disgusting. They're going to double the lawyers in the Civil Rights Division and unleash them on our country, harass the state legislatures, try and push this HR1S1 into law, forcing states to adopt them because Congress couldn't pass it. That is exactly what's going on here. This has nothing to do with Robert Kennedy from 1961 to 1964. Garland said that the modern Department of Justice is in a similar position to Kennedy's because the U.S. Supreme Court's 2013 decision in Shelby County versus Holder, which essentially eliminated the policy of preclearance. Preclearance? We talked about this. These states were not all southern states. They even picked some northern states or northern, northern counties in some northern states where the federal government said, any changes that you make to your election laws in this state or this county has to be approved by the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice. So after more than a quarter century, there was a challenge saying, look, we haven't violated anything. We haven't violated the Constitution. We haven't violated this law, the 1965 Civil Rights Law, Voting Rights Act. When do we get to come out from under this? There has to be a point at which the federal government doesn't control us. And the Supreme Court in 2013 said, you're right. Said, you're right. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't eliminate, again, as I've said again, the part of the law that provides an individual cause of action. If an individual can show that they were prevented from voting because of race or sex or what have you, they have a federal lawsuit. They have a cause of action. So that still occurs. But listen to the media, and it goes on. In numerous states, controlled almost entirely by Republicans, there's been a rash of laws proposed and passed in the name of election integrity. Listen to how this is written. To make it harder to vote. Now let's slow down. Which means, I guess, there were a rash of laws passed during the virus to make it easier to vote because of the virus. It was never intentional to be permanent, ever. Some expansions being rolled back were made to accommodate needs during the COVID-19 pandemic, but the new laws have been pushed by many Republicans who continue to spread baseless rumors and lies about the 2020 presidential election that former President Donald Trump started and continues to talk about. That has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything Now, as I read this article, I kept saying to myself, well, what exactly is being done to stop people from voting? They don't provide a single example. Not one. Because there aren't any. So they want you to believe nothing has changed since 1965. You see, ladies and gentlemen, nothing. Nine states were covered by the law. Counties and townships and five other states came into the law, including Pennsylvania, by the way. It's amazing how the democrat states are never targeted for this sort of thing despite the fact that they try to fix the elections for democrats. My point here though is the is the uh, effort here really pernicious, a word I have to use a lot to describe this administration. He wants to hire a ton of so-called lawyers in the civil rights division to attack these state legislatures, ladies and gentlemen. And to try and impose, to try and enforce on them the outcome that the Democrats want. In a word, it's tyranny. It's tyranny. This guy, Merrick Garland, by the way, have you noticed the gutless Republicans? I just have to say this. At the drop of the hat, they wanted to impeach everybody. Didn't they want to, Mr. Producer? Before Trump comes in, they want to impeach him. The minute he comes in, they want to impeach him. Every minute thereafter, they want to impeach him. They want to impeach Jeff Sessions. They want to impeach Bill Barr. We don't even talk about impeachment when it comes to hacks like Merrick Garland, do we? No, we don't even talk about it. Well, why not? I'll be right back. Much Lubin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot US. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. AMAC.us. Julie Kelly of American Greatness was on the uh, Life, Liberty, and live In program last night, and She's gained some information, has been tweeting a little bit about it. Julie, how are you?
6: I'm good, Mark. How are you? Thanks for having me on again.
0: I'm okay. What is going on, and are you fairly certain that it's going on?
6: I am pretty certain it's going on. I started receiving messages from family members of the inmates uh, earlier this morning that the guards were These are the January
0: and, 6th. I just want to remind her, these are the people from January 6th who have been rounded up around the country. And they're all pretty much in one jail, correct?
6: Correct. They're in a what they call a pod, but part of the DC prison system that is specifically to house these uh, roughly three dozen of the uh, January sixth defendants in
0: this mm-hmm. jail. Okay. And what have you heard?
6: That the guards are going to lock them down in their cells for 24 hours. They can only come out for five minutes to take a shower. They're going to be cut off from communication with their family and their lawyers as retaliation for uh, communicating with me and for the show that we did last night, the interviews that you did last night.
0: Where are, there, where are the lawyers for these these people? Yep. Where are they? Seriously, where are they?
6: I I don't know. Uh, I talked to one lawyer today, and he was going to be filing, I believe, some kind of emergency motion. But keep in mind, I know you and I talked about this, most of these people have no means, and so they're at the mercy of government public defenders and court-appointed attorneys as well. Who really have no great motivation to to defend these? Yeah, folks. but you and I also both enabled. know that
0: they do have an obligation as attorney to zealously represent their clients. And when you have a situation like this, uh, now's the time for that to kick in, or they can lose their license. So I don't understand right. it, to be perfectly honest with you, why they're not rushing into court, banging their fists on the table, and demanding that their uh, that their clients be treated respectfully. Uh,
6: I don't know, Mark. I don't know why they're not doing that. I don't know why they continue to sign off on government uh, requests to exclude 60 days uh, from the Speedy Trial Act. I mean, a lot of these uh, lawyers are going along with this now twice in many cases. They have uh, signed on to exclude the 60 days from the Speedy Trial Act. They're signing on to protection orders for videos that the government is Let me using. just slow
0: down a second. so they may. Ladies and gentlemen, you have a right to a Speedy Trial under the Bill of Rights. There's a Speedy Trial Act, 180 days, and you can extend it by consent. And what you're telling me is they're consenting to these extensions.
6: Yes, they are.
0: Let me ask you this, and I mean this quite seriously. Washington Post, New York Times, papers like that, do they even try and go to this jail and interview anybody and find out what's going on, or there's absolutely nothing from them?
6: There's nothing. The Washington Post had an article a few months ago. They're very aware of the uh, conditions in this jail and overall in the D.C. jail. But no reporter is at that uh, correctional treatment facility where these defendants are being held banging on the door Demanding to see what the conditions are, confirming the reports that we're getting from family members and detainees themselves, um, they they have completely ignored this story. And so too has most of the conservative press. I mean, you're. I of, was,
0: I you're was just going to tell you, other than a couple of us, where the hell are the conservative media?
6: Don't know. I don't know. This has not been covered once, I believe, in National Review. Uh,
0: well, I don't want to go down the list. I'm just saying. Even, even colleagues. I mean, this, 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 it seems to me this is a big deal. I mean, yep. we heard more about the uh, terrorists in Guantanamo Bay than we hear about this.
6: I just think that people bought into this narrative right away. They view these people as sort of beneath them and not worth defending. Look, I saw, we saw this, too, in Russiagate. You know, we saw people being railroaded and even people on our side not wanting to come to their defense. So now it's happening with just regular Americans, a lot of veterans. Mark, there's some really sad stories about what's happening to these people. It honestly breaks my heart because the families have no means. These people are trapped in this jail. They have terrible lawyers. There's no media coverage. There's no outrage. Um, and so it's a, it, it's a really a Well,
0: let me encourage all the situation. backbenchers who like to listen to this show and steal pieces from it. Why don't you steal this? Why don't you pay attention to this? Why don't you dig into this? We can use a little bit of help here. We're, we're not adjudicating these cases. What we're saying here is these people aren't being treated right. And, uh, and it really is appalling that, uh, that this isn't getting the attention that it deserves, quite frankly. And that includes from uh, conservatives in the press and conservative websites and so forth. So, uh, well, you've done a fantastic job. Keep tweeting out there because I don't tweet anymore, but people show me what you've got. You know, what you're doing, Mr. Producer does. So uh, uh, we'll keep on top of this, okay?
6: Well, I appreciate it. I know the families do, too, and the detainees. So, Mark, thank you for being so courageous because a lot of people are not. So thank you.
0: Well, God bless you. You take care. I believe in justice, ladies and gentlemen, justice. These people haven't been found guilty of anything, of anything. They haven't had one minute in court, most of them. I don't even know who they are it doesn't matter and then I watch people who get out after you know batteries three four five times assaulting people over and over and over again attacking police officers that's that's open season on that I watch that this is way too political this is way too political what's going on here Just like this guy Garland. Now he wants to double the number of lawyers in the Civil Rights Division to go after Republican state legislatures. That's what he wants to do. And you know that came from Biden in his office. They want to massively increase the number of Internal Revenue Service agents. Well, if they were to increase them so people like me could get our refunds on time, that might be nice, but that's not their intention. I keep paying taxes, taxes, not just from last year, this year enormous amounts of taxes. I'm not asking you to cry on my behalf. What I'm saying is this. I didn't get my refund yet. And I'm not the only one. What's that? You didn't get yours either, Mr. Producer. And so all they do is talk about you're not paying your fair share. Really? Well, many of us are paying our fair share and more. There's a lot of people on the dole who are getting free checks who won't get off their ass and work. We don't happen to be, I don't happen to be one of them, and neither does Mr. Producer. They're holding our money. And they want to hire more agents to take more of our money while they're holding our... You realize I'm paying taxes in 2021 where they owe me a massive rebate in 2020. I'm giving you that as an example. How much time do I have, Rich? I don't have enough time to tell this story. I'll tell the story after the bottom of the hour. People saying, hey... You have a cut on your... What, what side of the face is it? Near your eye. Well, it's, it was even worse. I put a lot of makeup on. I'm aware of that. I actually was aware of it. But I want to tell you the story behind that. I wasn't going to, but since there's uh, inquiry into this, why not? I'll let you know. And there's another thing I want to get to if I have time. What they did to Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel and how this guy... Boy, he fought and fought and fought... And he really let him have it. The media in Israel is, is really uh, disgusting. It's actually more disgusting than our media, because there's really only a handful of conservative outlets all together. There is no Fox News in Hebrew in Israel. So they have nothing in, to that extent. But you have true Stalinist-type hacks who've been trying to take after this prime minister. And obviously the people of Israel have liked this prime minister. His party, and he still got more votes than anybody else. You have a guy by the name of Naftali Bennett. Just listen quickly. He runs to the right of Netanyahu. says he's not conservative enough. He runs in his own party. You need 120, (coughs) excuse me, they have 120 uh, ministers, uh, excuse me, 120 members in the Knesset, their parliament. His party got six. Six. A lot less than 5%. He's now the sitting Prime Minister of Israel. He swings to the left, he embraces the left-wing parties, he embraces the Arab party, which is really a jihadi party, or a movement, because he wants to be Prime Minister, he's 48, and he won't wait. It's absolutely unbelievable, actually. And so by one vote, by effectively one member, they take over the government. This guy lied to the people of Israel, he lied to the people who voted in his party, hundreds of thousands, not many, but still, to get what he wanted to get. And the media think this is a unity effort, it's a unity effort. Unity around what? You have these disparate groups, anti-Zionist, pro-Zionist, most of them anti, anti anti-American in some cases hard left, they call them center-left. There's are nothing center-left over there. They're hard left-wing kooks. And this guy, Naftali Bennett, throws in with them because they say, we'll make you the prime minister first, then this other fool, Lappie, he, can be, he can come in behind you. Oh, gee willikers, really? I can be prime minister? Really, really, really? And the press say, this is the unity. Look at the unity. Isn't this fantastic? No, you just stole the election, truly stole the election, From the Likud party and their allies. Yes, I can say that, can't I? I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. Happy birthday to our president. By the way, Mona Charon, she absolutely has a screw loose. She writes another piece with my name, in or she's obsessed with me. As the votes were being counted in 2020, Republican influencers like radio host Mark Levin were suggesting that state legislatures had a constitutional duty to reverse the will of the voters and name their own slate of Trump electors. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Remember that started with one guy, I never said it, and I couldn't? Get them to stop repeating it. So here's Mona Charon, months later, lying about what I said. She really is off her rocker. Focused on me in an obsessive way. I don't know why, Mona. We used to work together in the Reagan administration. But that's a lie, Mona. It never happened. Was it Ezra Klein or one of those guys put it out? I never said it. Never tweeted it. Never wrote it. So I'm sure you'll put a correction at the bottom of your next column. Or maybe you're like the New York Times. All right, here's what happened Monday. I wasn't on the air Monday. I was supposed to be on the air Monday. I uh, took a quick trip to Florida to see my brother and um, came back, obviously, got in my car, was driving back on what's called 267, Dulles. Minding my own business in the left lane, I'm going about 60, 65, 62, whatever. Not speeding. And uh, I'm driving on this road for about 15, 20, all of a sudden. All of a sudden, there's a dump truck in front of my windshield, horizontally. There's a dump truck in front of my windshield, I'd say eight feet away from my car. I'm going 60, 62, 65 miles an hour. There's a dump truck. Not easing into my lane. I mean, it was a boom, just like that. He had made a complete hard left turn. I'll explain later what I learned. I made a hard left turn immediately, instinctively, and luckily I did, or I may not be here today. I might have gone under that truck. But anyway, and he, 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 he doesn't slam the side of my car because I turned hard, and he was trying to get back to the right. But he, he nudged it. He, there was a big dent on the right side. And so you have these cement-steel barriers. And I slammed into that damn barrier at 60, 65 miles an hour. I had no way out. And the airbags all popped open. When I saw that truck, I just figured I'm dead, quite frankly. I, I mean, it's like a, you don't even have time to think. Your reaction is immediate. And luckily, my reaction was the right one. And luckily I had my seatbelt on, which I always do, and those airbags, because that seatbelt and harness in those airbags saved my life. That car is totaled. I'm going to miss that car because that car saved my life. I slammed into that barrier, and I was bouncing two or three times down the barrier, and the car came to a halt. I thought, oh, my God, don't get hit in the back now. He came to a stop, two young guys, I wish I knew their names, ran over. Uh, one of them had been in EMT, but he was not on duty. And I was basically taking inventory, arms, legs, and all the rest of it. And, uh, and I was okay. My lower back is killing me, but that's okay. And I have these contusions all my left arm some on my thighs, but that's nothing, nothing. And uh, I got out of the car with their help and went over to the EMT, and checked me out. They said, do I want to go to the hospital? I said, no. And then later I saw there was a cut. It's a minor cut. That's what happened. That's what happened. And um, I guess God was looking down on me, frankly. Because it wasn't a car, it was a dump truck. Of all the damn things to shove in front of your windshield, Mr. Producer, a dump truck? Virtually horizontally. And it was uh, something I still think about a little bit here and there, no question about that. Later, my ribs were bothering me. I don't mean they're broken. I mean, they're sore from the airbags, you know, <clears throat> and, um, and that sort of thing. But really, unscathed in any significant way, unscathed, thanks to many things, the seatbelt and the harness, the airbags, um, hitting the wall, not driving into the truck or under the truck. If I had turned to the right, I wouldn't be here. If I went straight, I wouldn't be here. And um, also, the dump truck driver, I don't never got to talk to him. It really wasn't his fault, and I'm going to tell you why. And frankly, if he'd continued going left, I would have been crushed. So he pulled out of his left turn at some point. I don't know. I couldn't see it all. Apparently what happened, according to the police officer that I spoke to who was in charge, was coming down the on-ramp on the Dulles Access Road, you're supposed to yield. Well, this guy allegedly didn't yield, forcing the driver in the right lane to pull left in front of the dump truck. Now, I don't know if the driver in the right lane, I don't know what these two guys, I just don't know. And so the dump truck, in order to avoid him, made a hard left. And then he wound up in front of my windshield. And that's how that happened. So I can't really blame him. I don't know what else he could have done. And I don't blame him. So that's how I got the little scratch next to my eye. <laughs> uh, it was a little bigger then, but it's, it's, pretty, it's almost you know healed. And my wife says, put a Band-Aid on there, you'll get a scar. Put a Band-Aid... Scar, no scar, whatever. Doesn't really matter. Now, next Sunday, you're going to see me on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Those of you who watch. And I really appreciate it. You're going to see something else. You're going to see, probably... <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know if it'll, it'll, it'll be that visible. We'll try and cover it. A, a three-inch incision on the where the hell is it? On the right part of my neck near my chin. There's also one on my chest. Now, it's not because I got into a bar fight, I don't drink. It's intentional. That was planned surgery. Just so you know. It's nothing life threatening or anything of the sort. It was something that I had to get done and it's been done finally. So um You'll see that, you'll go, oh, what happened to him? Nothing happened to me. It's, no, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm a physical specimen, Mr. Producer. I didn't say fine physical specimen, I said a physical specimen. All right. And that's enough of all that. So now you know, getting inquiries, and you know, that's, that's what happened. We'll be right back. love in. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending disasters like medicare for all and the expanding reach of the federal government and beyond advocacy joining amac gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts including special member-only rates on car insurance travel discounts cell phone plans and a hell of a lot more and if that's not enough you'll get amac's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. AMAC.us. I'm not ready to go yet. There's a lot of kick still left, and we, uh, we've got some fights to fight, all of us. If you get a chance, head over to Amazon or some other site you're more comfortable with, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, so forth. And please pre-order your copies of American Marxism. You'll get the first edition. It'll show up on day one. Uh, you might want your kids to read it, your colleagues, your friends, but you definitely should read it. And uh, we'll go through it, and there's a reason why I consider this the most important book I've ever written. And I've written a lot of books now. I've written a lot of books that have been considered quite important. And a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the confrontation we're involved in right now. It seems overwhelming. But together we can do this. American Marxism, the title says it all. It's in bold red exactly the way I wanted it, with a hammer and sickle right above it. So there can be no confusion about what it is. The enemy's coming, whether it's in the Washington Post, the New York Times, or one of these other hack reporters or or networks or what have you. And we will duke it out. We will duke it out. We will be ready. But we want to build this army as big as we possibly can. Army of what, Mark? Army of red-blooded Americans who don't give a damn about skin color? or anything else superficial. But heart and soul believe in liberty and unalienable rights and don't want to lose their country. That's who we're going to organize, I hope. That's going to be our movement, I hope. Because that's the only way to stop this. Let them be on defense. Let them stand on their heels. Let us go on offense. And we can do this. Our forefathers did a hell of a lot more. I know this is a little more Byzantine. It's a little more complicated because it's being done in our schools. It's being done in entertainment. It's being done on commercials. It's being done in the news. It's being done in corporations. I got it. Believe me. But we've got to understand exactly where this is coming from and then uh, work on uh, addressing it, confronting it. All right. Let's take, uh, let me see if I can get my call screen up here quickly. Bear with me. Bear with me. There it is. My God, it's there. All right, let's go here. Uh, let's see. Let us go to Doug, Cartersville, Georgia, on the Mark Levin app. Doug, how are you, sir?
4: I'm doing well, Mark. Um, just, I'm glad the good Lord saw fit to keep you at your post.
0: Me <laughs> uh, too. Thank you. I just you.
4: wanted to call. <laughs> yeah. And, um... um Lenin said that in order to establish a Marxist regime, you had to overthrow the existing society. And to do that, you had to destroy the bonds that hold society together. Mm-hmm. You had to destroy—you had to debauch the currency, destroy the family, destroy the church. And he also said that if you give him a child for eight years, he would give you a Bolshevik for life. And if you look at what the Democrats doing today, they're doing every single one of those things and more— and in my humble opinion, what they're doing is, is they Lenin also said you had to wage perpetual civil war against class enemies and counter-revolutionaries and the like in order to in order to eradicate any opposition. And if you look at what the Democrat Party's doing, every single one of those things are being done and more. And in my mind, it's a form of genocide against America because as bad as—the Tsar the was bad. He wasn't as bad as the Bolsheviks. It wasn't as bad as Lenin and Stalin. But what the Democrats are doing is they're destroying the greatest country in the course of human history that has done more good for more people than perhaps any other thing than the Judeo-Christian worldview.
0: I, I could not agree with you more. You're exactly right, and that's what we're up against. It's exactly what we're up against. Doug, thank you for your very thoughtful comments. I appreciate it very much. Let's see. Uh, Paul, Gainesville, Virginia, not too far from the uh, bunker, the great WMAL. How are you, Paul?
7: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We actually talked the other day, but I have some information to pass
0: on. Oh, I remember I you, Paul. Yeah, go ahead.
7: Yep. I got, I got a call from a whistleblower inside um, one of the school districts in the 10th District. Uh, he doesn't want to be identified. But it turns out they're not planning on implementing CRT through curriculum. On February 25th of this year, the Democrats passed a law that put four sentences in the articles that govern teacher evaluations. For 2021, it is mandatory that cultural competency be part of the teacher evaluation. So they are currently forcing teachers to go through training and they will be evaluated on how well they implement it with their students in the class. So there's a there's a law in the books. Uh, it was passed in um, Senate Bill um, 1196 or House Bill, um, yeah, Senate Senate Bill. You're
0: saying it passed in the Virginia Assembly, I assume in the last year or two, right?
7: It passed. It passed February 25th. They yeah. stuck in four sentences. Every person shall seek, who seeks licensure renewal self-complete instruction or training and cultural competence. Well, Paul,
0: let me just say this. There's going to be a very close off-year election coming up. You know you're going to run in the 10th Congressional, but I'm talking about the state races, particularly the state delegates. It's an off-year election in Virginia. They run in uh, odd number of years. It would take a very few number of, uh, of, of victories of switching seats for the Republicans to take power back. Now, this isn't the end-all, but in this particular instance if that can be done that can be fixed and so let's hope that occurs we're gonna have to do a hell of a lot more in all these states and districts but let's hope that happens you have every reason now to throw the left out every reason to throw the democrats out the democrat party this is their movement thank you paul we salute our armed forces police officers firefighters and emergency personnel and i thank each and every one of you god bless you If you get a chance Run over to Amazon and get your copies, and God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow.